0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Renition, joined, as always, by the best colleague, best co-host of the business. I'm really tired because Cam Newton had to get cut and ruin my whole daily schedule and everything. By the way, check the Blue Chip Scouting YouTube page where I sat down with uh, Pro Football Network's Ian Cummings to discuss all that. But anyways, back to the intro, the best co-host in the business, Devin... Verified Jackson. Devin, how are you today?
1: I've only been up a couple of hours and Twitter almost burnt to the ground. I mean between the, the the Bishop Sycamore fake high school and now Cam Newton being cut. I mean Twitter has been ablaze the last twelve hours or so.
0: Oh, Bishop Sycamore set Twitter on fire yesterday and now Cam Newton. It it's been a, it's been a mess. Um Yeah, so the plan for this week, I mean, uh, it is Tuesday that we're recording this. You are hearing this on Wednesday. Uh, As you are listening to this podcast on Wednesday, Nick and myself will be recording uh, the preview podcast uh, without Devin, but Devin will be sending in his picks. Uh, So we will have all of that on the air at once, rather than kind of a disjointed mess like we had last week. But right now, Nick uh, is not here. It's just Devin and I. Devin and I are going to go over what we saw from Week 0. And you know it's been a long time without college football when we were excited about the games that were played this week. Because none of them were overly good. Uh, and by the way, um, Nick, Devin, and myself all come out of this week with the same record. Because we all picked identically, so take that with the uh, biggest grain of salt. I, I believe we all went five and zero, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. We all went five and zero. Oh. That will change in week one. I highly doubt we will have identical picks again. Um, now, I kn- the good the funny thing is Nick went with very low scoring uh, games. Across the board, I think he had uh, UCLA and Hawaii being decided by, like, two touchdowns, and neither team uh, scoring, like, 35 points or something like that. Uh, kudos to you, Devin, for picking the under on that game. Uh, I did not see Hawaii pulling a complete offensive stinker, but it happened. But let's yeah. get into the first game. We had Nebraska and Illinois in... What can be described as a football game that took place... What the... Pardon my language, Devin. We are, like, two minutes into this podcast, but I'm going to have to drop a swear. Um, What the fuck was this game?
1: It's exactly what we thought it was going to be. We knew it was going to be a disaster. I mean... The two teams that played, I mean, it, it's Illinois and Nebraska in week one, or week zero I should say. It's, you should not expect anything other than a disaster. It was
0: so bad!
1: First of all, I just, I do want to say though, I said Arthur Sikowski was somebody to watch during the game, and you were like, there's <laughs> no way he plays, and then he played, and he Well played, he I
0: played was... because Brandon Peters got hurt! Also, Same also, player to watch. I just want to mention, I heard this on on uh, uh, the Draft Dudes podcast. We had possibly the greatest uh, um, dramatic irony ever in U.S. sports commentary history where the commentators are talking about – Brett Bielema talking to Artsikowski, and he's probably telling him, you know, don't worry. The game cha- plan does not change with you in the game. We're gonna run the same style of offense, and then they handed the ball off nine straight plays. <laughs> they handed the ball off nine straight times. So in other words, the offensive game plan absolutely changed. They wanted a ten play scoring drive, Devin, and the one pass play was the touchdown.
1: The game was a disaster on all fronts because it looked like Nebraska was about to go and blow them out. And then, and it was just so many swings. Like, okay, first of okay. all. Okay,
0: first of all, can we talk about your guy, Cam Taylor Britt, giving up the dumbest safety I've ever seen?
1: That was, I don't know what he was thinking,
0: man. Devin has officially revoked Cam Taylor Britt from his brand. Uh, for those who didn't watch the game, you're lucky, but I will, I will describe it to you. Uh, the MVP of this game was Illinois' punter, because uh, he had, like, three coffin kicks, which is impressive. But I guess because Nebraska had been pinned inside their own, like, two-yard line the first time, Cam Taylor Britt decided to, running backwards, catch the ball on a hop, carry himself into the end zone, and then he realized that, you know... He had nowhere to go, so it was going to be a safety anyways, so he throws the ball.
1: Just all types of bad man. Also like,
0: what's Arthur was it was it Cam Taylor Britt that, that ended up getting an interception that got called it, back? Yeah, call, yeah. yeah so yes. Art Sikowski got bailed out.
1: Yeah. I'm, I was I just stopped watching after the first half. I'm going to be all honest. I changed the channel. I'm, I'm not about to be subjected to watch that for 60 minutes. I, I watched, so, Fresno, I watched okay. Fresno State beat up on, on who, who they play UConn. I watched the other games, man, because I just didn't have time for it.
0: I just didn't. All right. All right. I, I will also be honest. I had the game set up to record. I was uh, I was watching some stuff with the family. I think I was watching a marathon of, like, Buddy versus Duff, the, the Food Network cake competition. Uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong, it, there was a few times where it was about even as to which one was more gripping, Buddy versus Duff or uh, Nebraska versus Illinois. And I went down and I watched the game, and then, you know, we I got pulled away from it because I had a family commitment that that came up at the last minute. And then when I went back to watch the game, I just, like, I, God, I was doing snap to whistle as fast as I could to get through that, that damn game. That game was awful. Taylor Martinez has gone from potential Heisman candidate going into his sophomore year to, like, I'm sorry, Devin. I don't think he's going to he's gonna finish the season as a starter.
1: I don't know why you're apologizing to me. I'm, I've been off that train.
0: <laughs> I'm, 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 been, just, I'm not apologizing to you I'm apologizing in general because it comes across it sounds like I'm being really mean but I mean he's been the starter now for four years and we haven't seen any progression from his freshman year if anything we've seen regression
1: yeah that 2018 season powerful. was that 2018 season was special and an uh, anomaly but also think about that. Was, I think that was a, the first year of Scott Frost maybe yeah. or the second so think about it. they had the previous regimes recruit still offense probably still had some some of those you know elements oh, yeah
0: and they weren't and, even that good they were like six and six that year
1: and that that was much better than whatever they're putting out now
0: I so, mean what what's what's infuriating with Nebraska is for like three years we were like well this is the year because now Scott Frost has had a year under his belt. And that was 2019, and we covered that year, and they were bad. I, if I remember correctly, they didn't make a bowl game.
1: No, they haven't made and a 20,
0: bowl game. And 2020 was just as bad. year. Yeah, 2020 was just as bad. And this year, I mean, I have said this for a while. Scott Frost is on the hot seat. I I mean, good God. We, we cannot be watching basically Midwest uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury type performances where just because it's your alma mater, you're staying employed. This, it, it God, Nebraska Zadie needs to just start over. This is this has been a failure at all levels.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I just I'm tired
0: of talking about Nebraska, but I do want to give Illinois some credit. Brett Bielema finally yeah. back in college football. I mean, it's, it was a Brett good. Bielema game. It was a yeah. Brett Bielema game. We are going to run the football a lot, ad nauseum, with our white running back. And
1: other. I do want to say, though, there were some guys that really popped off.
0: Jake Hansen uh, is still in college?
1: Uh, I'm tired of him. But uh, Bobby Hart, I think he got hurt, though, but he was all over the field. Uh, Roger Perry had a had a sack or two, I think, on Adrian Martinez and was all over the field, too. So those are two guys definitely keep an eye out for, uh, it's kind of late day three prospects potentially, but they, they had a, a pretty good game against, uh, I'll say experienced Nebraska offensive line. They're not necessarily good, but they're experienced.
0: Yeah. So Illinois, they're 1-0, Nebraska. God. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll only ever have to talk about them when they get just throttled by ranked teams in the Big Ten so at least there's that. I'm so glad we don't have to don't have to deal with that. Because records
1: uh, are going to floor them when they play them.
0: Sorry, you cut out a little bit there. What I said,
1: I said records are, are going to floor them when they play them.
0: <laughs> you might be right. Uh, all right, then we had UConn versus Fresno State. Now, I had told you, Devin, UConn was going to get throttled. And you said you weren't that sure. I said, Devin, they, they didn't play last year. They as a team opted out of the 2020 season. And he said, I don't know. I think this is going to be a close game. And Fresno State whooped that ass 45 to nothing.
1: I was very pleased with, with, with the offense. Uh, I did for- not
0: realize Ronnie Rivers only had 58 yards.
1: That's how dominant they were on offense. He didn't even have to really do much. Score like a sixty-yard touchdown receiving, that like in the second nuts.
0: quarter. I yeah, he played well. Uh, their receiver Jalen Cropper also had a good game, three catches for eighty-seven yards and a touchdown. Uh, very efficient game from quarterback Jake Haner. UConn looked exactly. I mean, UConn wasn't a good team before they opted out of twenty-twenty, so I don't know what we what we I should have expected, but it just it didn't go well for them. It's going to be yeah. a long year for them, but this was a good, a good uh, tune-up game for Fresno State. They have, I want to say, a Pac-12 team. We, you and I were just talking about this before we went on air. Oregon. They are at Oregon next week. Eugene, yeah. or this week? What yeah. you say? Yeah, they are at uh, Oregon this week. That's going to be a huge game for them. Uh, yes, I don't, so. I don't like their chances, but I think it could be
1: interesting now at least. I think if they score a couple long touchdowns, they can put some pressure on Oregon, but they're, they don't have an answer for Kayvon Thibodeau, unfortunately. It's, it's going to be a long day, but I told the people before the game that Jalen Cropper is probably going to have a long touchdown, and then he went out and had an 86-yarder. So.
0: And he only had 87 yards on the game. That's impressive.
1: He looked like Kadarius Tony on that. It was, <laughs> it was crazy.
0: Yeah, no, Fresno had a really good game. UConn just kind of never really showed up. Um,
1: Speaking of not showing up.
0: Yeah, what the... What the... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's What the fuck was this? I You're telling me Hawaii versus UCLA. UCLA, who has been known to not have a defense under Chip Kelly, and Hawaii, who has been known to be able to put up points and also not have a defense... And the under was achieved on this. Thank God, I'm not a betting man. I would have bet like a paycheck on the over being achieved. But Hawaii just decided that, nah, not gonna happen. No interest in doing so. I don't
1: know if it was the time change or what, but they looked like they were sleepwalking out there.
0: It, it well, bad. I mean, it was it was 11 a.m. Uh, Western kickoff. So, I don't even know what the time difference is in Hawaii. I've got to be totally honest with you. I don't live in the same country as you did. So. I, I don't even know what the time difference is well, in Well, there Hawaii. you go.
1: But, I was very disappointed in, in what Hawaii put out on that field because I know you see UCLA's defense, it, they're going to be a lot better than they've ever been, I think in my opinion. Their secondary is really damn good.
0: That is like, shocking Really, really
1: good. Like, I think they can compete defensively with with some of the best in the conference. That's not good. I think they are. But it was was a little bit of an exaggeration, I think, offensively. Like, they're going to be able to run the ball. Like, they were able to do that last year, even with Demetri Felton at running back. Zach Charbonnet is in for a huge year for UCLA. Like, he dominated – uh, against Hawaii, and I don't expect him to do it every game, but me and you did like Charbonnet back at Michigan. We thought he was the best running back on the roster in 2019. You know, yeah. when that and, and that's another, so. that's
0: another damning statement at, um, uh, uh, Michigan and Harbaugh. He transfers, goes to UCLA, and he ha- has a fantastic game. I mean, he put up 106 yards and three touchdowns on six carries. It
1: was crazy. It, he he was literally, every time he got the ball, he was breaking off 30-yard runs. It was crazy. You know, but I was, I was disappointed in Hawaii because I expected their offense to at least get some sort of explosive play, but they had maybe one pass over 20 yards the whole game. What well, like, you was, learned, definitely
0: is you expected too much.
1: I I did. I did. I spent the Calvin Turner to to be able to do some things, but quarterback couldn't even get outside the pocket before he was getting sacked. So it, it was all bad.
0: Uh, yeah. Jeez, that one that one was over in a hurry. That one I think after that was over. By, yeah, it was twenty four to three 24. after the first quarter. Twenty four to three uh, after yeah. after the first. Um. Then we had UTEP versus New Mexico State. I think both of us. Called an ass whooping, I think. Yeah, we did. Uh, and there was an ass whooping. It was thirty to three for UTEP. New Mexico State also didn't play in uh, in twenty twenty, uh, so they were welcomed back to uh, to the land of the living by um, getting absolutely mauled by UTEP. Gavin Hardison, eleven of sixteen for two forty nine and a touchdown. Uh, UTEP's wide receiver Jacob Cowing. Five catches for 158 and a touchdown. I bet you Nick was happy somewhere watching this game because that is his conference in Conference USA. Um, I don't really have much to say about this game. I mean, it was UTEP and New Mexico State. I, I did not.
1: This is the one game I did not really watch um, because I started watching the San Jose State game. So
0: So I watched this one the next day and yeah, UTEP just Thoroughly dominated them. Thoroughly dominated them. Uh, I don't know what else I was expecting. It's New Mexico State versus UTEP. And UTEP is a half-decent Conference USA team, and New Mexico State is not. Uh, This is the game I didn't watch, though, Devin. It's the one that you were very invested in. It's Southern Utah versus San Jose State. So I'm going to let you... The floor is yours, my friend.
1: Yeah, so... uh, Obviously, my guy, Derek Vese Jr., had really good game. I think he had like three catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Tight end for, for San Jose State. He's like 6'5", or 6'6", 240, 250. Uh, but he looked really good. Uh, Nick Stark looked really good, minus his pick six that he had inexplic- inex- inexplicably in the second quarter because uh, that's just on brand for him.
0: <laughs> but, but
1: he he threw the ball over the middle field really well. Uh, they they handled business like I expected them to. Southern Utah just didn't have enough in terms of playmakers and perimeter. But I did find my small school sleeper this year. Of uh, course in, you did. In left tackle, uh, Braxton Jones. He so uh, Kate Hall was the best like Mountain West defensive in last year. Like he was the Mountain West defensive player of the year. Had ten sacks last year. Uh, and 12 and a half tackles for loss. He had nothing, like no tackles, no sacks, nothing against Braxton Jones. Um And it, that was pretty impressive to me. He showed really good footwork, uh showed a finishing ability at the first and second level, getting up to linebackers, getting scoop blocks, and he did a little bit of everything. And it kind of confirmed to me the next day, uh, Dane Bruegler tweets about him. So, you know, this is someone that I was able to quickly identify and, and then, you know, he went out and dominated. Uh, so he's someone to watch going forward this year. He could be, I don't, I don't like putting labels like he could be this year's such and such, but I think he can get, he can be like a Dylan Ray, Ray Dunn's type of pick. Like he, late third, early fourth round is his ceiling. Uh, and I think teams will really like his athleticism what he brings to the table. So uh someone to watch, but, uh, back to San Jose state. Yeah. They, it, it was, it was pretty much a, a butt kicking. Um, but the definitely the, the biggest takeaway was Braxton Jones and then, uh, Derek Geese looks really good. Um, but Nick Starkle, I mean, he's he might play himself into being a draftable quarterback, you know, although he's in, like, his sixth or seventh year in college football. I swear uh,
0: he's 28 years old. Like, Yeah, he, he's been around, like, around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, several lost quarterback competitions before he, he finally settled down.
0: But San Jose State, I,
1: th- I think they really could make a push to win in the Mountain West Conference um, again. I think they are that good uh, offensively and defensively. Diff- Defensively, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But very, very uh, happy about what Fresno State and San Jose State put put out there uh, on Saturday. But Hawaii, just forget about
0: it. This week, Devin, made me very happy I don't have to cover any of the conferences that were on display.
1: Yeah. It wasn't exactly top-tier. Conference. Like,
0: I, I'm sorry, that comes across as very, very mean-spirited. But, I mean, God Damn, I mean, the Big Ten. It's a Power Five school. And we saw Nebraska and, and Illinois just, just, God.
1: Oh, wow. What? Speaking of news, uh, Ben Bredesen just got traded to the Giants.
0: Oh. Four?
1: They didn't say.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Just, yeah. No, I mean, I'm I'm excited to actually, once we get into tomorrow's podcast, be picking some some more ranked games, the ones that have a little bit more oomph, some excitement, games that we can actually review with some enthusiasm. Next, yeah, time. I, I don't want to
1: spoil it, but I, I do. Can we just pick one of like our two favorite games for our? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, Since, for our conferences, so, sure. Yeah.
1: So, uh for me, you and I are both uh,
0: covering two conferences. So why don't we go one for each of our conferences?
1: Yeah, so for me, uh, the first one that I think is going to be really interesting, I think people should pay attention to, uh, USC and San Jose State in the Mountain West. I think that's going to be a really good game. Um, And I'm not going to pick any games or anything like that right now. Uh, I'll save that for tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah, but uh, I think that game is interesting because there's going to be a ton of NFL talent on the field. Um, And I'm very interested to see how San Jose State matches up against them because I think they can. Pretty well. You know, they, they have a vertical passing game. Uh, they have a a big tight end over the middle. So I'm interested in seeing, uh, USC safeties match up against Derek Beast Jr. I think that's going to be very interesting to watch. And then, uh, Jack Snyder is a left tackle for, uh, San Jose State that I get to put a draftable grade on. I want to see how he fares against Drake Jackson because I think that can either help or hurt his draft stuff. You know, going up against someone that's considered a first round type player. Uh, so I'm interested in seeing those things and then seeing if Kate Hall has a bounce-back game uh, gets USC's offensive line and obviously Keenan Slovis, see how he looks as well. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my game for my one. So I'll let you go with, with one of yours and we can go back and forth.
0: Mine from the Sun Belt, uh, there are some, frankly, pretty bad Sun Belt games coming up this week. Uh, we have games like UL Monroe versus Kentucky. Um, that's going to be a, frankly, one-sided game. But uh, I'll, I'll do one that actually covers both of my conferences, and then I'll pick one for the Big 12. Uh, I have Texas versus Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Lafayette this week, and that's going to be really fun because it's going to be Steve Sarkeesian's first game in charge uh, of the Longhorns, plus Billy Napier, who I believe was actually brought in for an interview for that job. Uh, if not, Billy Napier is also a name that we've been seeing with Power 5 jobs for about a year or two now. Uh, Levi Lewis, you know, fight. You know, is this going to be the year he finally puts it all together? Uh, they have some 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 holes that they have to fill. They lost their two leading rushers from last year, but can um, redshirt freshman quarterback for Texas, Hudson Card, um, play up to the standards that Texas football has established, or is he going to be a little bit more mistake prone? And if that's the case, are Braylon Tron and um, Percy Butler going to be able to capitalize and maybe force some turnovers. It's 21, uh, number 21 in the country versus number 23 in the country. Loser of this game, certainly getting bounced out of the top 25. There's a lot on the line for this week. One game.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, that's always going to be a game that I check out at least cause I, I called the Iowa state upset last year. So, uh, I had a prediction that Louisiana was going to be Iowa state and, uh, uh, it, it definitely uh, came to fruition. So, I don't know if this, they're going to beat Texas. Texas has way more athletes uh, in general. But uh, Louisiana is being slept on a little bit. You know, obviously all the uh, hype is going to Co- Coastal Carolina to win the Sun Belt again. But Louisiana has a, a damn good team, too. So, mm-hmm. I'll not be surprised. Uh, my final game for the Mac, um I'm most intrigued by Central Michigan and uh, Missouri. And Ooh, I'm, I'm intrigued... I'm intrigued for this game because there are a lot of kind of there's a couple prospects on Central Michigan that I really like. Um, One being Bernard Raymond, the left tackle uh, that converted from tight end to left tackle last year. Uh, He's going to go up against a really good SEC front. Um, So I think that's going to go a long way to his draft stock if he's able to. Handle them, not give up too many pressures, uh, show the ability to get to the first and second level, uh, on the run game, in the run game, uh, in, in kind of clear holds. Um, I'm not expecting them to win the game because I think their offense is god awful. Uh, the quarterback is not great, but, uh, defensively, I also like their linebacker, Troy Brown. I think, uh, he can show some ability to, to drop in pass coverage, uh, you know, go one on one against tight ends. So I think this is going to be a good measuring stick game for him as well. Um, then I obviously uh uh you know, Missouri's offense they, they got uh, quite a bit of uh, talent on there. So I think it's gonna be a good matchup and probably one of the best ones to watch. Um and then of course, uh, you know I'll be interested to watch how Caleb uh Ellaby fares against Michigan. Uh in, in their defense and, and Aiden Hutchinson, Daxon Hill, how, how he does against those that talented and see if he can, can become you know, a a rise during this class, because a lot of people really like him.
0: I'm going to go with an easy cop-out for the best, for the one that I'm most excited for from the Big 12. It's number two, Oklahoma. Uh, Game's been moved to Oklahoma. It's supposed to be played in New Orleans, uh, obviously with Hurricane Ida that got in the way. Um, However, we have Tulane in Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma's fucking stacked this year. They had a bit of a down year last year. Uh, they have made some interesting announcements for this game already, one being that Tyrese, um, what the hell is that offensive lineman? Is it Tyrese Robinson? I should think I think notice. so. I yeah. Think so. Instead of playing right guard, he's going to be playing right tackle. And the um, transfer from Tennessee, Wanye Morris, has not clinched a starting job yet. That is somewhat surprising. Uh, it's still a three-man competition for left tackle. But, I mean, it's Spencer Rattler at quarterback. They have Kennedy Brooks in the backfield. They have Eric Gray, who's one of my top players um, that you'll see in my big board coming out soon. Um, he's in the backfield as well. Jaden Hazelwood, that offensive line is stacked. Nick Benito on defense. Uh, they get Jalen Redman back after he sat out last year. Um, Perion Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas. This team is loaded, Devin. Uh, not so much in the secondary. There's not a whole lot there, but, I mean, God, I'm looking at the line now. I'm not going to spoil it. You're going to have to listen to tomorrow's podcast, but, whew, it, it's a big one. Um, but, yeah, you know, Devin and I just kind of wanted to hop on quickly, review Nick and I will be back tomorrow to do a preview. Devin will have his picks in as well. I will read each of those off. Um, but until then, next uh, until the next time, guys. As always, um, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, MikeH underscore Draft. Follow Devin at Realty underscore Jackson. Follow the show at Big Shots Pod. Follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Follow Blue Chip Scouting on Twitter at Blue Chip Scout. And until next time, guys, take it easy.